0: stories of the day. Hashtag SAFM Sunrise. Well you'll know we've been talking about water a lot recently and um, it's interesting to look at some of the similarities and differences between the way we manage water here in South Africa with another country that's also very big and very dry and I'm talking about Australia and uh, Professor Anthony Turton at the Centre for Environmental Management at the University of the Free State has been looking at the differences between the two countries. Professor Turton good morning.
1: Good morning to you and the listeners. Thanks for having me.
0: As I say, we're very dry. Australia actually, I think, is drier than us as a country. It's much bigger than us. How, how different are our water sectors? I mean, I know in some cases they, they've had moments of drought and yet they still obviously have water available.
1: Yes, Australia lives in uh, under conditions of almost perpetual drought. And uh, I think everything that we have in South Africa, they have their even more extreme. Uh, for example, they've got uh, uh, the, the only water that they really have available in is in the sort of uh, the southeastern corner of the of the country, and yet uh, the population lives elsewhere. So they've got this extreme disparity of uh, of water availability and water demand. But the interesting thing about uh, Australia is that uh, the, the the approach to water management is completely different to South Africa. And I just felt it was uh, it was maybe worth worthwhile just to dwell for a moment as we go through this uh, period of, of political transition that i believe we're under at the moment uh just to sort of you know to ponder on on on, on uh, what we might mm-hmm. learn from this because central to the south african problem right now of course is water management i mean it's a it's one of the most fundamental issues water and energy as the foundation of the of the national economy
0: one of the big differences is that water in south africa is managed almost entirely by government i was reminded yesterday i think there's one example where it's not in australia the private sector has a much bigger role How How does it work there?
1: So, so I think that is uh, the, probably the, the nub of the matter, because in South Africa, since 1994, we, we always talk about the government. The government must decide, the government must solve the problem. What is government going to do about it? And in fact, government has, over time, uh, uh, essentially um, uh, muscled the private sector out of the game. If you look today at, uh, at any of the big, major civil engineering companies, uh, you know, Stefanuti Stocks, and you know, uh, those sort of companies, the, the big guys uh, that that used to actually build Build the infrastructure, what's happened to them? They've all slowly been muscled out. Uh, many of them have actually been forced to delist uh, as a result of, of, the, of, of uh, the pressure from government and also from the concrete mafia, you know, from the construction mafia. So at the end of the day, the private sector in South Africa plays almost no role at all, which means that the, that the water sector has become uninvestable. Now, the contrary is true in Australia, where, where uh, the Australian government has got very little role to play. They've created a number of water utilities, uh, there's over 30 water utilities across the country, and they left to manage their own affairs. And what they do now is because it covers such a large geographic area, there's no such thing as one size fits all. So wherever they are, they've looked at what they have available. They've looked at their own unique problems, and then they've come up with a blend of solutions. And that blend of solutions is something that that I think we should learn from in South Africa because the blend of solutions comes from, at the end of the day, surface water, which is what we rely heavily on, you know, there's water in rivers and dams. Uh, we rely heavily on that. They rely, they used to rely heavily on that, but less so now. Then, of course, groundwater in parts of Australia, 40% of their total water mix comes from groundwater. And then the third thing that's very clever about them, which we don't do at all, is they capture all of the runoff from all of the roofs. So, so rainwater harvesting is deeply entrenched over there. Every single gutter of every single house in every single suburb in in, in Perth, for example, uh, ends up in a, um, a soak pit in the garden, and that goes down into the local aquifer, which then, of course, is is the source of water for the city. About 40% of the water for the city goes there. And then, of course, the other thing that they've been very, very good at is the management of sewage, and in particular, the the, the recycling of sewage, but not for direct reuse as drinking water, but rather for for indirect reuse, either for industrial purposes or for, uh, for irrigating uh, public open spaces. But, of course, the big kicker there now is because of a decentralised approach. You've got a vibrant... Uh, uh, um, uh, a private sector that's grown up around the uh, the water industry, they've all got their different solutions, but more importantly, you've got institutional investors, pension funds and stuff like that, that 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 finance the entire industry. So in other words, they do not in any way rely on government bailouts. There's no such thing as, you know, the government will come and provide, the government come and sort out the problems. And that, I think, is the big lesson for uh, the big difference between there and here.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Professor Anthony Turton really do appreciate the time this morning uh, at the Centre for Environmental Management at the University of the Free State.